All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. I'm your host, Tim. I'm sending a text out. Sorry. <laughs> I'll drop it. Okay. Should we still? Let's just keep rolling. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exhilarating podcast with Dropping the Gloves with Tim. So, how was everybody's week? A big event happened right after the podcast. We went for a bike ride. <laughs> Very exciting. We did. How are your legs the next day? Yeah, are you tired? Were you sore? On, I'm getting another text message. You're so popular, John. I'm trying to figure out the Blackhawks convention to work to do a podcast there. Yeah. And I don't want former players. So I'm pushing to get current guys. And it's so much easier to do when you go through the Hawks. And I don't text Kane or Taves or Dunks because they just don't respond half the time. So it's like, okay, go through the team. And then they'll tell them what to do. They'll tell them what to do. (laughs) And so that's what I'm trying to do. And the Hawks are so busy. They're hard to work with. You'll tell them to do something or ask them. And then they won't respond for like three weeks. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. So no, my bad. Okay, I'll do it now. And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) some things have already been planned and you can't back up and whatever. The convention's here. I'm interviewing hockey, the mascot who doesn't talk. And it's just not very (laughs) fun. Do you remember last year we went and the uh, they like set you up to do the podcast live and then they like. They said we could use all their audio system. Everything's going to be great. It's super, super awesome stuff that the radio uses in town. We show up to the first podcast. They're legit rolling up every wire. <laughs> the mics are already packed up. I'm like, what is happening here? I went first thing we were there. I went and talked to the guy to make sure we were good to go too. And I talked to the producer and they're like, yeah, we'll have a spot for you. And then we get there and. Womp womp. Nothing. That guy was gone. Yeah, the guy. I and the other guy was a, yeah. not a nice man. Yeah, not a very good situation in Chicago. So that's why I'm trying to make it better. I'm, I'm laying on the guilt pretty thick. I'm like, remember last year? When you guys really <laughs> messed it up. So anyways, that's what I'm texting about right now, trying to make sure everything's... I'm trying to get some big names so I can throw some hard-hitting questions at them. So we'll see how it goes. Odds on, I'll probably be interviewing um, Brian Bickle again, <laughs> Denny Savard, which is great, which is great. Stu. So we'll see. Stu the Grim Reaper. Who's the other dude? Um, Oh, the Stu- Eager, Ben Eager. Yeah. I wasn't happy with him. No, he showed up late. Showed up late. Then he had to can't come in and he is pretty, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so the mountain biking, my legs were a little sore. Yeah. The next day, but not too bad. We went for how long, Larry? We did about 12 miles, I think. 12 miles, which is the equivalent of, I'm guessing, 20 miles on the road. Probably. And we were going at a pretty good clip, only a couple... Well, it was Larry's home trail. Yeah. So he was the one who led the way. And Tim followed up in third, and I kind of was in the middle. And it was a good day. 
I, it was beautiful weather. Yes. I mean, what more can you ask for? Well, a couple spills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was me. <laughs> yeah. Larry <laughs> fell twice. I think he was trying to show off. I, well, I mean, come on. He's popping wheelies going down the trail. <laughs> he was just, the first time he fell, I almost ran over him. I was like, whoa, he's just laying on the ground. And Larry has the clip and pedals. So when he falls, the whole bike just kind of <laughs> timbers. Yep. And then the second fall, we didn't even see. And then Larry got in his car right away. And so this is the first time I've seen him since the the crash, and he's got a huge a little bit of road raspberry. rash burn on his elbow, like a massive scab that almost <laughs> engulfs his whole forearm. It was a it's a big scab, crazy, it's disgusting. But anyways, it it was nice. Me and Larry had a good ride. Tim was a leisurely third, lost his sunglasses, and Tim's a rider who just likes to you know. He goes there to clear his head. He's not looking to really set Tim any the records. Basket. Well, I spent the first couple of miles trying to just focusing on keeping up with you guys, and I wasn't having fun. So I was like, <laughs> I was like you know what? I'm going to go my own pace, and I'll, I'll meet you at the different times we take breaks. And it was, oh, it was I great. enjoyed it. So, John, does, does that ride make you feel better or worse in, pre- in preparation for the half Ironman? It makes me feel better. I feel like I, I was, you know, keeping up with Larry, who is a seasoned veteran, and I wasn't too tired after the ride. Obviously, I was sweating because it was hot, and we're in the woods, and... I had my backpack on, but it wasn't crazy. Now I just have to tack on another 32 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. A 13 mile run and then a mile and a half swim. Like nothing. And nothing. then as a true athlete, after that ride, I went home, ate a huge half a piece or half a cake of chocolate cake and had a couple <laughs> beers and a big glass of milk and went to bed. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that I just, I am so focused on this Ironman. It's crazy. I just all, it's all about carbo loading, right? Yeah. Yes, it's great. I did go for a swim yesterday with the kids in the water, so that was nice. Did you actually swim though? Well, like I was in the water. Yeah, with yeah. The kids, <laughs> there and you go. I did. It wasn't like a, a distance swim, but you have to get acclimated to the water first. It's like wood. When you're doing wood, you put the wood in the room to get acclimated to the temperature before you lay it, or else it'll warp and stuff. So I'm getting acclimated uh. to the water. <laughs> and I think I'll do a couple yeah. more swims where I just jump in and cruise around. Then I'll go for my big swim. Yeah. That's the plan. But I have looked at goggles and wetsuits <laughs> and I almost bought grips for my I bike today. Yeah. <laughs> but the grips were like $35 for my bike. That's the grip right. tape. Wait, so when's the race? It's two months away. It's exactly. From today. today. Two months from today. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just bet one of my friends a nice bottle of um, aged whiskey. Um, that I would not finish, or he he bet that I wouldn't finish, and I said I would finish. And the bottle's like a three hundred dollar bottle, so I have you got to a finish. lot riding on it now. Yes, Motivation. I do. Motivation is right, so I will finish it, and I will amp up my training once July first hits. I said that June first. You did, <laughs> you did. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's all about Mondays when I start. But I'm really gonna amp it up July first, Canada Day. Mm-hmm. Lots to lots to do. There you go. Yeah. So we did that. Another another thing came up. So in Canada, I don't know how many listeners from Canada we have or whatever. They have a show called Battle of the Blades. And it's basically a figure skating show. They did it for four or five seasons. And they're bringing it back for next year. And they're doing the filming or their film. I shouldn't say they're doing. They're filming the episodes at the end of August, September. So one of their representatives reached out to me. And they said, would you like to be on the show? You know, here's the dates, here is what happens, and are you interested? And they throw a number at you for salary, and it's, it's a number where you have to, like, oh, okay. Like, it's a decent-sized number. So if those of you who are not familiar with the show, basically a hockey pro gets paired up with a figure skater, 
and you learn how to figure skate and you do routines and you get judged on it weekly. Everyone's one person gets eliminated every week. And I think there's seven or eight pros and it lasts for seven or eight weeks based on how many, however many pros there are. So it's, it's tricky. I'm married with five kids. So when you do these dances, it's very touchy feely sexual and it just is kind of a weird vibe. We're watching it now. And like the guys are holding up these girls and he's holding her up by the bum and it's just kind of very intimate. So I, I, I broached the subject to my wife and she wasn't crazy about it and I wasn't too crazy about it, but it's, you know, it would be good for me. You'd get the, the brand out there. So we went back and forth with it. We, we talked to some people and we asked the, the studio producing it. If you know, we could have some, it's hard to say. We had some requests. Like we wanted to make sure none of the songs were sexy. Like none of it was just inappropriate. We wanted to make sure some of the moves weren't too risque. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like graphic. My kids are going to watch it. I don't want to do anything to, you know, make my wife uncomfortable. And then we had a few other things. Can I get an example of a sexy song? Um, oh gosh. I wish I was curious. What's the R Kelly song I used to sing? Oh, <laughs> my body. I want it. Yeah. Okay. Something like all that. Right, right. Like just like, it's just like an inappropriate song. So, Cause yeah, my wife watched a few of the routines and we're like, man, uh, I don't know if that's appropriate. So we just asked them to kind of, you know, if they would be okay with switching things up and making sure they keep it PG and you know, you don't have to be crazy. Like I'm not unrealistic. We're like, we're going to do jumps and holds and stuff, but I don't need someone to have their legs wrapped around my neck and we're spinning around the rink like that. Like that's, you don't need to do that. So we gave them the request and they basically came back and they're like, we can't do that. And we're like, all right, so peace out. <laughs> and that was the end of it, which is kind of bittersweet. It would have been fun to do, but at the end of the day, you can't really, you know, you got to respect. Those, are those shows live? They are. So how, would that have made you nervous dancing, skating on a live audience on TV? No, not really. I think it would have been fun. And who knows down, down the road, I'm sure they'll do more seasons and I'm sure we'll have conversations again and it'll be interesting to see who they get. But I, I, I just can't do it this year. It was one of those things where it just didn't work out. When's the last time you had figure skates? On? Never, never worn figure skates my whole life. So that would be a challenge. And I think some of the guys wear hockey skates during the, the filming. I'm not sure, but yeah, it would be difficult because I have never skated in figure skates my whole life. So most of the, most of the celebrity guests are people that don't know, don't know how to skate at all. Right. I imagine. Mm-mm. No, they're all NHL guys. Oh, they are. So yeah, who, I think so. Okay. That's, so that's what it's been in the past. It's been all NHL players. So it's not like dancing with the stars where it's a dancer and a random celebrity. No, it is a pro figure skater and then a pro hockey player. Gotcha. That's, that's the thing. Battle of the blades. So any big names been on that show before? There's you know? been like Ty Domi and Bob Probert were the first season, but then there's just been kind of like PJ stock. Who's a nobody. He was on it. And then like kind of middle of the road people. But I, you know, I feel like I would fit right in with those guys. I'm a nobody. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bitter. I just literally got off the, I, we had that text message chain today and she's like, sorry, you know, we just, they didn't go for your request, and we're just going to go our separate way. So I was like, all right, sounds good. It is what it is. We'll move on. And so we move on to the next thing. So Not- just, just real quick, I'm looking at your stats now on, uh, for your podcast, about 25, 26% of your listeners are in Canada mm. and about 
two thirds are United States and the rest is spread throughout the rest of the world. Okay. Nice. Well, when those episodes air in Canada, whoever's listening in Canada, you let me know if you would want to see Big John out there. And then you message CBC and say, hey, what the heck? Make it happen. Lay it down. Lay it down, baby. Anyways, so another thing happened today. My wife bought me some shorts. We'll get to the hockey talk later. When I come in and do the podcast, the first thing I do is I crack a beer. <laughs> then I crack another one. We, we go over the <laughs> weekly stuff. And then I get my grievances aired. And so the Battle of Blades is on my, was fresh on my tongue. And another one, shorts. So my wife bought me a couple pairs of shorts for Father's Day. Beautiful shorts. But they all have button flies. Oh. What is wrong with button flies? Don't like that. Am I the only person who just dislikes them so much? I've never seen them on shorts. Were they like khakis? They the ones I'm wearing right now. Shorts? Come and check it out. Like these. Look at John's what? crotch. Khakis, kind of like purplish yeah. color. I don't know. J- button flies. No. As a man, <laughs> when you're wearing a belt, how many times when you go to the urinal, do you undo the belt and the top button and the zipper or... Do you just do like what a normal person does is just undo the zipper? Just the zipper. Yes. <laughs> and so when I go to the urinal now, I'm like one button, two button, three button. It's like four button. Come on. It's so much more time and effort just to go potty. And it just is like, why? What's the purpose of a button fly? It's like a European thing or something. But it doesn't make it easier to do your pants up. No, or it's, shorts. It's called Fashion John. Look it up. Who sees my buttons? <laughs> Apparently Larry. Larry well, will mean, later. He wants to see them. <laughs> it's just something. I'm just like, I tried them on for the first time this afternoon. I'm like, why do these have buttons? I don't understand. <laughs> Did she realize they had buttons when she bought them? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> she knows how I feel about buttons. Oh, no, I hope mm. not. Because Can you think of any pros yeah, to you, it? Like pros to buttons? Yeah. I guess the zipper could be dangerous if you don't wear underwear. <laughs> but everybody wears underwear. They should. You're do- making a lot of assumptions on this podcast today, John. Why? That everyone wears underwear? Uh, unbuttoning your pants to use the bathroom. Wearing underwear. Yeah. If you have a belt <laughs> on and a button, you just undo the zipper. Are you literally taking off the belt, doing the button? I might the be a loner, but I... Uh, you I, probably sit down, John, I, you weirdo. I sit down on the urinal. <laughs> I, go, I go ankles deep, shirt under my chin. <laughs> the three-year-old boy. Uh, yeah. Hands on your hips. Hands, yeah. Hands, Underwear hands down, down on the ankles. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I wonder if like, you're in the doghouse with your wife, you don't even realize it. She's like, I'm going to buy him some pants. Ah, imagine that. Yeah. Oh, he was What a subtle way to mess with somebody. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> An extra 10 seconds in the washroom for you, Mr. Like, oh, come on. Anyways, so that was another thing. Anybody else have grievances? This is our grievance section. Nothing, or we're gonna move on to hockey. Yeah, no. Let's 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 move on. All right. Let's move on to what's important. Some big trades before the draft. Yeah. PK. Not Malcolm. PK Subban got traded for the second time in three years to the New Jersey Devils. Why did Nashville make this trade, Tim? I think it's a cap thing. I mean, I think they already had one of the strongest defenses in the league, so they didn't, I don't want to say they didn't need them, but they had the luxury of having a strong defense, so they, they could afford to give up give up that something to go get an offensive piece like maybe Duchenne. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, it can't be a personality thing, right? He's He's got a big ego, but he's a likable person. He's a likable player. 
it's just interesting that they did give up Shea Weber to get PK and they didn't get much back in return for PK. So I wonder if they regret making that trade. Probably not because it does free up cap for them, but it is interesting move for them. So devils get their guy. They got Hughes. They get PK. They are having a heck of a summer. Yep. The teams on the East coast on the borough, the Rangers, the devils, the Islanders, all of a sudden, Three, four years ago, they all looked like they were dead in the water. Now, they look like three of the most promising teams in the whole NHL. It's amazing how you get a decent draft, a couple smart signings, and right before the PK trade, the Rangers got their own number one defenseman. They traded for Truba, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, you forgot about that. So, it's just like an arms race out east, and it's interesting to see... Number one, number two pick. They both get number one defenseman. It, it's pretty nice to see those big markets finally pulling pulling it together and getting uh, getting their act together with some actually competitive teams because they have been just horrendous the last few years. And like you said before, like I think last week, the Rangers over the past decade or so have just put all their baskets in signing big-name free agents like Brad Richards and, and San Luis, Nash, like all these big signings, and they haven't really panned out. They've gone to one cup, didn't win. Haven't made the playoffs every year. Hopefully they can start actually building like a normal franchise now. Hopefully, yeah. They've always been those home run hitters who just tried. Thank you, Larry. We're drinking, um, sorry to change this up, Shorts Brew hooked us up with some beers, which is nice. They're, I don't know if that's a sponsor or not, but they're definitely hooking, hooking us, us up, up with some beers. So yeah. thank you to Shorts Brew. They're local. They're Bel-Air. local beers. <laughs> nice. Excuse me. That's how you know it's good. It Bel-Air, is good. Michigan. I'm drinking the Space Rock right now. I've already had the controversial and the Juicy Brew. Juicy Brute? Yeah. Brutes. Yeah, it's tasty. So, yeah, three for three so far. Thank you, Shorts Brew. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. Yeah, if you're a beer company and you would like me to drink your beer on air, <laughs> don't be afraid to reach out at johnscott.com. Nope. John Scott Allstar. John Scott Allstar.com. I think every episode he says dropping the gloves.com. <laughs> I'm working the thing on it. is, we probably have twice as big of an audience. They just don't know where to look. Yeah, johnscott.com yeah. is getting hit yeah. up huge. Johnscott.com is a real estate agent, and I'm sure he would love to see He's getting some business. He's, just, he's getting a ton of business. There's some uh, politician somewhere. I don't know if it's U.S. or Canadian named John Scott, and you get tweets about him sometimes. Oh, people really? People think they're t- talking to a politician. Oh, I yeah. should just run with it next time. <laughs> I'm so busy on Twitter. I just sometimes I, I miss things. They slip through the cracks. Ah, uh, they slip through the cracks. I'm busy. I'm busy, man. I was up in Northport this weekend, just painting and doing yard work, and just. Ugh. Never ends. It never ends. Let's talk about the other big trade that happened over oh, the weekend. Excuse me. Yeah, we we get just <laughs> sidetracked. In the whip. The big trade, Patty Marlowe, my my guy. Yeah. Everyone knew it was going to happen at some point. It was interesting. No one even knew Carolina was in the mix. So Carolina traded for Patty. And I'm sure because he had a full no move clause, he understood that they would trade for him and then they would release him or buy him out. And it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it's it's in the works. They're going to buy him out. Then Patty will end up in San Jose. Think so? That's I think that's the end game here. I don't see him playing for any other team. His family loves it in San Jose. They got a nice house there. Got to be a pretty team friendly deal, right? I mean, they're they're it's, up against it's it. It's gonna. I bet you he well he he will be making his money from the buyout. That's the thing. So oh, okay. he makes six point two five. I think his buyout is like seventy five seventy percent around that. I'm sure someone will correct me and make fun of me. <laughs> so he'll probably make three to four million off that buyout, and then he'll sign for a million dollars. So he yeah. will make five mil next year, but right. just not from San Jose. So that, that's what I'm guessing. 
I should text him and see what he says, but I think that's what will happen, and the, the gang will be back together. Do you think that Carolina had any expectation or even hope that he's going to skate for them? No. No, they're just eating this the salary. Deal. Yeah, yep. they're just going to get, and they got a draft pick. They got some, you know, some stuff for the future. But yeah, they're just eating that cap. And that's what teams do. Teams like them, Arizona, you know. So in a situation like that, does he even go to Carolina? No. No. He'll probably talk to their GM just to let them know, hey, you got traded here. The GM will call. Sounds good. This is our game plan. Done. Patty's a pro. He's not going to rock the boat. He won't make outrageous claims in the press like, oh, this is what's happening. You won't hear a word from Patty unless he comes on this podcast. That I promise. But, yeah, he'll be in San Jose next year. Or maybe Anaheim or L.A. Those are the only two teams I could see him playing for. But, yeah, it's going to be San Jose. If Doug Wilson wants him. Imagine that third line. Jumbo, Patty Marlowe, and LeBlanc. LeBanc. Not a bad third line. That's not bad. Not, Not young, but not bad. That'd be cool. Or re-side paths and have that as your third line. That'd be sick. Average age is 39, 38. Oh, yeah. I would say 38, 39. That's cool. Are you looking at buttonflies, Larry? I hope so. So <laughs> I had to see if there were any pros to it. Yeah. Uh, and I found a decent one is they never you never have an unzipped zipper with them. You guys never had that problem? Oh, yeah. But then you can have an un- unbuttoned button. Well, I don't know. I have like this pair of jeans. I love them, but like no matter what, like after an hour, the zipper falls down just from daily movement. That's very strange. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I'm, I'll I'll move to buttons. You guys just don't worry about. Yeah, invest in some better pants, Larry. <laughs> okay, my bad. Yeah, that's a very. Anyways. They're, they're classic Levi's. What else do you need? A zipper, apparently. <laughs> so anyway, I think Marlo ends up there. Bobby Lou retired. Very sad. Didn't expect it, especially with Coach Q coming there, like he said in his goodbye letter, which was very classy, by the way. Did you read that, John? I uh, read it front and back. It was very, it was a great letter. It was very touching. He's, he's, I've never really talked to him. I've, I've seen him along the way. Obviously, I've said hi to him. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. That you would like to hang out with. Like he's very self deprecating. He doesn't take himself serious. And it's just, it's refreshing. Do you see an NHL player who has that personality, who's not afraid to make fun of himself and to just, just be normal. And he's out of the game now. So now everybody's robots. I don't think there's anybody else in the game. Who's fun. Yeah. Well, I'm not in the game. I'm out baby. So he retired. So Florida is in the market for a goalie now onto the next issue. Bobrovsky free agents coming up around the corner four days away getting ready for our free agent frenzy here on Monday. We're going to be live, everybody. Uh-oh, did you hear that? Live. Put it in your calendar. Starting at 12 o'clock Eastern. Be here. <laughs> be wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, we'll, t- we'll tweet out the links and everything. Yeah, yeah. tune in. Stay tuned. It's going to be super cool. I'm, in, I'm like nervous, Ooh. but excited. What's the big deal with July 1st? That is the free agent frenzy. That's when all players who don't get picked up by their team who are RFAs. So that just happened. Teams have RFAs. And if they don't um, qualify, then they become unrestricted. Restricted free agent. And then guys who are unrestricted because their contract ended after last season, they can sign with any team July 1st. Does it have anything to do with Canada Day? It's funny that it fell on that day. It's almost like a double Canada Day because it's such a fun event for Canadians. And then Canada Day is on top of it. So it's probably the biggest day in Canada. It's it's crazy. So we're going to be covering that wall to wall. We're going to see how it goes because sometimes um, 
the free agency kind of starts off with a crawl. So we could be sitting here for an hour twiddling our thumbs <laughs> talking about button talking flies. About bikes and mountain <laughs> Yeah. So you, yeah, it flies. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and I'll, I'll try to break some news. I'll be on the horn with uh, Pavs and Marlow and those guys seeing if they're going to sign early and maybe we can break some break some signings. That would be huge. That would be huge because I, I know some people still. I still got some of that <laughs> juice left in me. You got some connections? I got some connections. You never know. I broke one a few years ago. Thomas Vanek. I, I'm like, what are you doing, Thomas? And he's like, signing with Detroit. And I was like, boom. I told Bob McKenzie. It was pretty cool. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was really, really neat. But anyway, so I think Bob, he's on the market. Could be a guy to go to Florida. You never know. Florida's got one of those sneaky good teams. They just need a couple pieces. Yeah, they need defense. He could just go to Boston too, though. Stop. You never know. Stop it. Boston needs just about everything right now. No, they after don't. that crush, they have defeat. it all. They have it all. They uh, not enough apparently. Not enough. And they're not getting any younger. Charles gonna be forty-seven next year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he is not too agile out there. It's Chris Chelios out there. Chelly. All right, so we got him. We got Panarin. You mentioned they wanted to go as a package deal. They, they've you, been talking about it. it's a rumor. I don't know, nothing official, but I, yeah, that's interesting. I heard Panarin to the Rangers or the Devils potentially. I he's, see the Rangers. He's meeting with, um, or no, Duchesne was meeting with the Canadians and the Predators. It's interesting. There's some big names, not as big as we thought, just because guys have signed. You right. Know? Carlson signed. Everly signed. Yeah. So there has been names who have been taking off the the list, but it's there's still some big names out there. Corey Perry. Who just got bought out. He's an interesting one because he's he's been decent the last few years, but not great. I what I get interested for is what are the kind of dollars teams are gonna throw at these guys? Because a guy like Pavelski, a guy like Panarin, or Perry, excuse me, they are older players. And how many years are left on those tires? They've been worn worn down pretty pretty good. Do you just sign them for three, four years? Because that's what those guys want. Right. They want that security or you give them a two-year deal, but for more money. It's interesting. It's interesting. Would you take as a player, all of you guys, as a player, you're 34 years old. You have arguably one or two years left. Do you push for like a guy like Pavelski? He's 35. He wants to play until what, 37, 38, 39, potentially. Do you want a four-year deal and take a little bit less, or do you take a two-year deal for a little bit more, knowing that your career probably will be done after two years? Mm. What do you do? What do you do? What's a little less and what's a little more? Well, if you take a four-year deal, his his average would probably be, I'm guessing, four or five million. But if you took a two-year deal, you probably signed for six or seven million. Two-year. You take a two year for seven rather than a four year for like four or five. Yeah. You're, yeah. Well, here's a legit question. So <laughs> you're playing in the league, you're playing in the league for years and you realize, okay, I've got two years left. And then you start to think about, all right, so 10 years from now, my lifestyle as I live now, can I keep that lifestyle 10 years from now? So like what, how does that play into what you're making and what you need to do to, to close out your career in your head. It depends on the salary bracket you're in. These guys who we're talking about, they are fine. 10 years from now, hopefully they're fine unless they're complete, you know, imbeciles with their money. But for the most part, they've already made their money. Like Pabs has made probably 30, 40 million already. Like he is set. Perry's probably made 60 or 70 million. They're 
right at this point, I would hope they'd be chasing a cup. Pavs most likely is like they want to win. They don't want to yeah. go to a rebuild. They're not going to like just oh yeah, we'll sign you. Let's go, let's go to Montreal. Montreal's so not going to win. But what about the other ninety percent of the players? A guy like me. Which actually is the it's title a, of my oh, book. It is a book. I if anybody it. did not know, um, for Father's Day, you should get that book for your dad. Interesting. Interesting. It's a great late Father's it's Day gift. It's a great <laughs> belated Father's ago. Day read. <laughs> I would do it. Surprise him. Send it into the office. I'll sign it and I'll send it back to you. <laughs> Include postage though because I'm not paying for stamps. But yeah, do that. And then send 40 bucks with it too because that's what I usually charge. <laughs> Anyways, so for a guy who makes... I don't know, a million or less in that range, you go for as much money as you can get. That's what you shoot for every single year because you want that stability. You never know when the the train, the gravy train is going to stop. And that's what I did. Well, then wouldn't you try to get like longevity instead? But a lot of times you can't get longevity. Like when I was playing, my longest contract (laughs) offer was for two years. Mm. And I was like, "Uh, thank you. I'll I'll take it. Buffalo. Yep. And Chicago. The only time I turned down money was I was just fresh. Gosh, when was it? I was... I had a few offers on the table. I was talking to Edmonton, Buffalo, Chicago. I was coming from Minnesota that after my first or second year there. And I remember sitting in my living room with, with Danielle and we're like, okay, we were just about to take the deal with Edmonton. They were offering eight fifty for two eight fifty a year for two years. So it was like 1.7 million, but it was in Edmonton. And we had talked to Buffalo. We had talked to the Rangers and my agent's like, you should take Edmonton. There's a, they're a young team. That's when they had Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall, and they were really up and coming, but they were terrible. So I was just about to sign the contract when all of a sudden Chicago called. And this was July 1st, like probably 1 p.m., so right after free agency opened. In Chicago, they had just won the cup. They were losing Buffalo, and they were losing Ladd. They were losing a lot of their core guys. And so they were retooling, and obviously they they wanted the big, the big show. And that's me. <laughs> um... And they called and they said, listen, we'll do two years, but we can't do 850. And that's what my agent was pushing for because he said, we already have an offer on the table. And I think they offered seven or something like that. So it was substantially less. And we thought about it. I had a lot of relatives in Edmonton and it's like the distractions. Edmonton is colder. Chicago is coming off a cup. Do you want to win a cup? And this was my first real foray into free agency. And I said, let's go for the cup. And I signed with Chicago. And in retrospect, I probably would have played more at Edmonton and made more of an impact because they were a worse team. But I think my career would not have been as long because teams don't sign teams that are terrible players from bad teams. So it was weird how it worked out. I had a great time in Chicago, obviously, but hmm, you know, it's what ifs. So guys who are, you know, around that range, they, they go for the money for the most part, unless, you know, like, like Ottawa's offering you a contract and it's like, well, is there anything out there? So (laughs) can you give us a little more insight on what what those calls are like on, on July 1st? I mean, who's calling you? Is it the GM? Is someone working for the organization? It's usually the G like when I was talking with Edmonton, they, for some reason, they really, every time I was a free agent, Edmonton called and I, the first year I talked to, it was Kevin Lowe. It was Steve or what's that? Craig McTavish. I talked to those two guys for a while and they said, listen, we, we have a plan. We're rebuilding. This is, this is what it was very strange. They said, we have a great rebuild in mind. We have the first round pick our first overall pick this year. And then we think our team is going to be really competitive in three to four years. And they said, we're going to offer you a two year deal. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> and I was like, that's strange. So I'm going to, it's going to be a two year. Then you're going to win in three or four years. So, but they was, they were just selling me on the rink 
the the facilities, you know, where I would play because I was still a defenseman. They said you'd be a five six guy. We'd use you on the penalty kill. Obviously, we love your toughness. Like this is where you'd fit in. And Edmonton always typically had a tough guy on their team. So I was all geeked out about it. It would have been fun to, I was born in Edmonton, so it would have been great. But, you know, when the Stanley Cup champions call and they say, we want you to replace Dustin Bufflin, you you know, it's like, okay, obviously I definitely did not fill his shoes at all, but it's, it's kind of just... It feels good. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to Chicago, you know? I also think it's funny that the fact that you had family in, in Edmonton was a reason not to sign there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going the other way with that. Well, it's one of those things where it becomes a distraction. I'm not too close with my family out there. And it was one of these things where if I went there, I would. I just envisioned myself being constantly pestered and bugged by people who... I don't talk to that often. And the next thing you know, you have a cousin who you've never met just up your b-hole about getting tickets and can I come and hang out with the team? Like this and that. And I just didn't really, that was not a pro. That was a con. Whereas when I played in Buffalo, I was near my parents, my brothers. That was, that was a pro. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was not a pro. That's why every time Edmonton offered me a contract, I just, I just said, no, I just politely declined. So, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's Edmonton. Like it's a great city, but it's not as great as Chicago. No offense, Edmonton. I love that city. I've seen relatives who still live there, but man, Chicago is just Apparently. on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> I don't talk to them, but they're there. My brother works in Fort Mac, so I talk to him, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Come visit us in Chicago coming up in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, we are going to the convention too. Hopefully. I'm still working on text messages. I was uh rudely interrupted by the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, it's okay. So we went through the free agents. The other big, well, I don't know, not so big, but the other story is the offer sheets that potentially could be submitted to a a couple of players. Now, everybody and their mother knows about Marner. Will he get an offer sheet submitted to him and will he accept it? What do you think, Tim? I think he will get an offer sheet. I think he will not accept it. What team will give him an offer sheet? I don't know. I've, I've heard the Islanders being thrown out there. I'd like to see some of those teams out west even with, with, with money to spend, like Arizona. Maybe. I don't know that he would go there. Matthews would love it probably, other than he's leaving his own team. But um, I don't know. Calgary? See, I think if you do get an offer sheet, you accept it. You put the pressure on the Leafs to match it. Yeah, but I think Marner's kind of setting this up, and I don't know if it's intentional. Maybe it's his agent doing it, but he's going to get an offer sheet for like $13 million, and Marner's going to decline it, sign for less, and match Matthew's contract. And then he's the hero who, who took a pay cut to stay with Toronto. To never win a Stanley Cup. They'll win eventually. No, they won't. Why not? They're tying, they're, they're tying up too much money with these forwards. Yeah. They're, they're tying way Riley's too much money. Riley's a stud, money. though. Morgan Riley. He is. But if only you could just play one defenseman all the time. If yeah. Their defense isn't that bad. Like, they have a very good defense. And I, I hate to bag on them. Their defense is good. But they can't just keep rolling out the same defenseman over and over and over again. No. Without, and then it's it's funny. You see these players. You see a Truba get traded. And what they traded, they got Truba for. Were the Leafs not in on that conversation? They need, they need a guy who can play 
to shut down the top players. They don't have any defense. No, they don't have a team, a player to shut down the second line pickles or like Robin Regeer was really good at that. Like not putting up a ton of points, but he kept getting money because Tim just referenced Robin Regeer who retired at least five years ago. Come on. I love it. Yeah. But those are the kind of players they need to sign. Yes, I agree. They need to sign a shutdown guy who is not just a meathead, but who can actually pass the puck and do something with it. Yeah. Which are very hard to come by. Those guys make a lot of money. So you have to. It's interesting. I don't know what Toronto is going to do. They keep throwing all their money at the forwards. But if Marner gets an offer sheet from the Islanders for 12 million a year for four or five years, he would be insane not to take it. 60 million, five years. You sign that contract. You put the pressure on the Leafs and you make them make a decision. It's. I think it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, the list of guys you'd rather sign over Marner is pretty short, right? Like, this, yes, given his age and his skill and his talent, he's already he's already performed at the highest level. Yeah, he's a superstar. I think at twenty-one. Yes, and he's just just scratching the surface on his potential, and I hope it happens. I always think it's interesting for hockey. If you look back at the other people who have signed offer sheets, most of them have not worked out for the team that signed them. There was um, Penner. There was a few other guys who Vanek Buffalo match, but yeah, you throw this huge amount of money at these players hoping for return, but most of the time it doesn't, but this is a rare instance where Marner is so young. The game suits him so well. And it would just be, imagine him and Barzell or Barzal, whatever his name is. Firing up and down the ice. Yeah. How fun would that be? What did you say? 60 million, five years? Yeah. Do you think he'd go for more than five years though? Wouldn't he be looking for more than that? I don't know. He would only be 26 and you can cash in on probably a bigger contract. Yeah. Because there's a new TV deal coming in where the salary cap will eventually go up. So that's a good point. Yeah. You always have to, you know, you can't go. I think the max they can sign now is six years. Anyways, they can't do the big deals like they used to like the Kovalchuk one, the Kovalchuk's yeah. A hundred years for a hundred, <laughs> something silly like that. <laughs> yeah. No, those days are gone. I, I hope he signs one line. A, I don't think will go Winnipeg already said they would match anything. Yeah. Him so, and the other guy, I forget his name. Imagine if you were a team though, in Winnipeg's division, after them saying that, why would you not just throw a deal at him? Hey, Patrick, we'll do a 14 schmill a year for five years or six years. Just so you saddle Winnipeg with this big contract and then they're stuck with it. So it's something like that. And we talked about this before, but that kind of like it, it puts a damper on the relationship between the other GMs. Right. And like sets a, a precedent that I'm not working with that guy anymore. Screw him. Yeah. And there's been talk of collusion between the GMs. Just with this fact of we honor the GM code, we're not going to put anybody in a weird position, so no offer sheets. And when GMs do submit offer sheets to players, you can see the backlash from the other GMs, how they react. In the news, I remember when Brian Burke got offer sheeted, he was a GM, gosh, I think it was for Anaheim, and he completely went after the other GM. He's like, that's not how it works. Was that Penner? It must have been Penner. And he's like, this is this is not how hockey's supposed to be. I don't respect that GM. And you just went at him. Just only how Brian Burke can go at somebody. He's probably his tie was undone. But he like it just GMs, I would not be surprised if they have this kind of agreement where they don't do that. Because at the end of the day, you are being a D when you're 
submitting an offer to another player just to kind of put a GM in a hard spot. So we'll see. I hope it happens. If I was a GM, I would want Marner on my team. Of course. I would definitely submit him an offer. Even if I was paying a little bit too much now, I'm sure he would perform to that contract. I don't know. And call, call me a, call me an old fashioned, but I like to have a, a good player on my what team. What about Columbus? Duchenne's gone. Panarin's gone. They've got to have some room in the salary cap now. They, they have their stud defenseman in, in Jones. Do they have room in the salary cap? I think they are pretty tight up to it with all their contracts. Know. Maybe you should do a little research, Tim, before we start talking. Someone got honest <laughs> about Luongo about he got drafted by the Islanders. Sorry. He played like 20 games there where I just found out. I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. So maybe they have cap. I don't know. Who cares? They have no draft picks. That's all I know. So. <laughs> but anyways, the Hall of Fame. We'll touch on this before we... I got I got stuff to do. We, we're all busy. The so ho- busy. You I'm don't do so anything. busy. I just lean my chair back. That's I'm all just, that training. I'm so, I got to go train. You got to train tonight. I'm going to finish my fourth beer. I'm going to go train. <laughs> that's what I have you to do. You got to finish the other half of that cake. I do. No, no that's, that's gone, Larry. Okay. So the Hall of Fame. Carboneau. Wickenheiser. Zubov, Rutherford, and a couple other people. I don't know who their names are. I've never heard of them. Has the Hall of Fame, or is the Hall of Fame this year, a huge letdown for who's getting inducted? It's a weak class for sure. It seems to me like there are better choices out there. Who was left off the list? Uh, Alfredson, McGilney. I would think Alfredson would have been a first ballot guy. He's been eligible for a few years now. I don't understand why he's not getting more love. I, I don't understand. Rod Brindamore is another yeah. name. Rod the Bod. And a guy who I think should be in, and he's been getting looked over for the last 10 years, and I don't know if it's because just what's happened to him post-hockey with the the drugs and just the his issues with mental health and just he's just very hot. Theo Fleury. He is such a good player. He was almost a point a game guy, won a cup. And what people like, he was one of those players who wasn't a perimeter player. He went and did the hard things. Like he played good defense and he was an undersized guy when that was not the norm. When he played the average height must've been six foot or taller, 200 pounds. Teams went big and heavy. And he was not big and heavy. He was 5'10", probably a buck 70, and he still played, and he still was effective, and he still was a feisty son of a gun. And I don't know how he's not in the Hall of Fame, but a guy like, no offense to Guy Carboneau, don't get me wrong, but what, I, I don't understand who votes for these things. Guy Carboneau never even made an all-star game, for, for Pete's sake. Like, if you just look at pure stats individual stats. I'm better than Guy Carboneau. Yeah. Have you even made an all-star game? Did I don't know if you guys. Okay. So 2016, <laughs> anyways, I was, I actually was the MVP anyways, but he never made an all-star game and Theo won a cup. He had international success and he was like, when you think of Theo Fleury, you think of the Calgary flames, him scoring that goal sliding across the ice. When you think of Guy Carboneau, what do you think of? Nothing, nothing. I don't think of anything either. He's got three Selkies. I think he won at least one cup. Who? Carboneau. Never heard of him. Who is that? Guy Carboneau. I don't even know who that is. Guy. It's not Guy. <laughs> War visor. Standard. Look at him. He had 13 Three-time yeah. Stanley Cup champ. 
Selkie. They said he's one of the best um, two-way forwards to ever play the game. The stuff that doesn't really always show up on stat sheets, John. He's got <laughs> 600 points in 1,300 career games. Those are not Hall of Fame stats. They're not. They're not Hall of Fame stats. When did he retire? It's been a while, right? It's been a while. If you if you choose him, how do you not put McGillney in? Yeah. McGillney was if like was if he wasn't the top skill guy of all time. He was so talented. He was a point of game guy. He kind of started the exodus from Russia into the NHL when he defected from the Russian national team at a tournament in Sweden. They smuggled him back across the border, Buffalo did, to be the first overall pick. He is such a talent, but you got to give it to Carboneau because he won the cup three times. I don't like it. McGillney once scored 76 goals in 77 games. See? Carboneau once scored seven goals in a season, probably. I, listen, I know, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. And I have glass <laughs> toilets. I have glass clothes. So I shouldn't be throwing stones. But when you look at guys who should be in there, I don't think, and I, listen, Carbonell, unbelievable career. I just don't see a Hall of Fame written on his resume at the end of the day. That's just me. And I'm sure... There's a lot of people who feel different. He was a good two-way player. He did do a lot of good things. But when you score 600 points in 1,300 games, Hall of Fame usually means production. It means total package. What about Zubov? He was voted in, too. Did you play against him at all? I did. I, I, I agree. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Madonna tweeted out yesterday. He's the most talented player he ever skated with. Yeah, he is a super talented player, effortless hockey player. He's one of those guys where you look at, he's like a Scott Niedermeyer, where it just looks easy. And then you look at the score sheet, and it's like, oh, he had two assists, and he played 25 minutes. It's just, it's effortless, where he's not even sweating. It's a third period, and he's played 22, 23 minutes. And you're like, whoa, man. Like, it should not be that easy for you. So I, I totally agree with him. Wickenheiser, great international career, played a, a thousand years for Team Canada, it seemed like, probably won a bunch of golds, good for her, and whatever. I just think there are other people who were, I don't know, I, I don't want to call it the sexy pick, but bigger names who deserve to be in there. That's 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 my two cents. Sorry, Guy, or Guy. What are you going to do? Anything else, or I'm going to shut this down? John? We got a good episode on our hand. Well, it's probably yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you to Shorts Brew for the beers. I enjoyed uh, that a lot. Yeah, we'll enjoy it a little bit after we turn these mics off. So, (laughs) I will see everybody on Monday for the live extravaganza. We're going to be giving away prizes, maybe, probably not, but (laughs) yes, why not? Let's give away some prizes. (laughs) Free Shorts Brew. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a good one. Cheers. (laughs) 